Hey there, listeners. This is Mac Christian here with the National Land Realty Podcast. I got a request for you, and that is to like, follow, and review this podcast. Your reviews are going to help us reach more people who are seeking information about their land. We want to provide as much value as possible for our listeners, and you're a part of that. I'm also going to be reading our reviews in future episodes, so your review just might be a star on our show. Now, thank you again for your time. Listening to shows like ours takes time, and we appreciate you spending yours with us. Now let's get to it. Welcome to episode number 18 of the National Land Realty Podcast, where we discuss all things land. Our goal here is to inform, educate, and entertain those of you who own land or are interested in the buying and selling of land throughout the United States. My name is Mac Christian, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer here at National Land Realty. I'll be your host for this episode. In this episode, we'll be talking with Ben Stern. He's the owner and founder of Tacticam. And we really do a deep dive here, so you should be able to learn everything you need to know about this brand. Tacticam is one of those rare products that is simple, easy to use, and an absolute quality product. Tacticam makes cameras that mount directly to bows and firearms, as well as cell phone cameras for trail cam use. They have eliminated the need to pull SD cards from trail-mounted cameras in the field. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. All right, I'm sitting here with Ben Stern at Tacticam. Ben Stern is the owner and the founder of Tacticam. Uh, so, Ben, why don't you introduce yourself and, and tell me how you got this whole thing started? Oh, sure. Not a, not a problem. Uh, so, yep, I am the guy that uh, had the crazy idea to, you know, originally, originally start uh, building a camera to put into a stabilizer. And, uh, and then luck, luckily enough, did meet a couple other guys. So I have a couple of business partners that have done tremendous help with, you know, the business and getting this to where it's at today with cell cams and everything else, which I know we're going to get into, but just a quick overview on how, and you know, how this whole thing got started. It was uh, sitting in a tree, you know, and had a, a big buck come walking by and, and I was so excited, so nervous, you know, how it is when you're hunting and something happens and I scared it away. Right. So I'm telling my grandpa about this and, and my grandpa says, well, why didn't you shoot a video of it or something? He's like, you went to school for how many years for, for photography and videography, and you don't have a video of this thing. He's like, what did you pay all that money for? that's kind of how it started. Right. So I sat down, started designing a camera and, um, you know, you, it's all about relationships, right? Knew a guy, someone that could help with, you know, electronics, knew someone that could help with, you know, one, another part. And before you know it, we had built a camera, um, that was just a little circuit board with saran wrap over it. And I stuck it on my bow. Sure enough, that buck came by and I got a video of it. And my grandpa's like, see, now that's what I was talking about. Right. So that was like the first video. Um, started showing people the video and people were like, how are you doing this? Like, that's really cool. So that was when, you know, I guess Tacticam started because it was, um, you know, just truly out there trying to, you know, capture some video to share that experience with, in this case, my grandpa. And then there was a, a need for it. People wanted it. So, so you started used... out with this thing attached to your bow. Yeah. So originally I was trying to figure out a good way to, you know, not affect the hunt. Right. Cause I, I wasn't out there to film. I was out there to hunt and I wanted to be able to, uh, build something that you just attached it in. And now we attach all the cameras come right inside of the stabilizer. So it's integrated into your, your, you know, bow, uh, you just push a button. It's all automatic. It turns on, it starts recording. It does everything for you, right? Which allows you to enjoy the hunt or experience, you know, being out there in the woods. So that's how it started. That was the original plan. And, and to this day, every single one of our cameras, even like our cell cams, they're designed with that same goal in mind. How easy can you make it? Like how simple can you, you know, get the camera uh, to properly do everything it needs to, but take the, uh, 
user error out of it, I guess. Right. So, so when you did this, and I'm just I'm I'm thinking about you saying that you did it attached a camera to a circuit board and then attached it to your bow. And obviously, the the final product speaks for itself as far as Tacticam mounting to a stabilizer. But when you did this in the beta version, what was it? What kind of camera unit did you use, and how did you figure that out? Yeah. So what I did was I started doing some research on boards um, and and chips. Right. So just the bare necessities of what does it take to build a camera? Uh, so the very first camera, all it was, was a circuit board, a battery, uh, a chip and a lens, you know, with two buttons. Uh, and it was, it was truly saran wrapped, like shrink wrapped together. And that was the first camera. So then that then in turn, uh, got built into an aluminum case which slid inside of a stabilizer. If anybody remembers the original Tacticams, uh, they were just a round cylinder camera and it slid right into a stabilizer and uh, you tightened it up and that was all it was. It was one button. You push the button and it turned on and recorded. So <laughs> like the first, <laughs> the first prototype had two buttons, right? Yeah. One was for powering it off and the other one was for recording. Well, that would, that was like, we didn't need two buttons. It's one button, just push it, you know, so you don't screw it up. Right. So that was the first Tacticam. <clears throat> so, so you've since branched out and now you have the cellular cams and you have the, the Tacticams <clears throat> talk to me about sort of your product lineup that you have now. Cause you started, and, and I wanted to focus on that because you, you, you started out saran wrapping a camera to a bow. And right. now you've got sort of a product lineup. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So that was where we came from. Right. Um, but our ideals, you know, as a company never really got far away from that. It was how easy can you make this for the user? Uh, how simple can you make it? Right. Um, and then also just quality, you know, so as we continued to develop those, you know, the camera built into the stabilizer, uh, we started to do a lot of other things all the way through like products that allow you to film through your scope, for example, you know, so that's called our, like a FTS film through scope. But when we started the reveal, it was, uh, Jeff and I sitting at a table and we're like, man, you know, these cameras are so expensive to run or man, I don't like this or I don't like this, like this works great, but then this is not a good experience. So there was just so much talk about it that we, we thought, I bet like, what would it take to build a cell cam? You know, so we started listing it out. Like here are all the key things that we think it, you know, that needs to happen in the current market in order to build a cellular camera that in our opinion, people are going to love it. Right. That was the goal yeah, build it for ourselves. Right. If we build it for ourselves, we think other people are going to like it as well. So we just started going through that process. And one of the biggest things for cellular cameras is cellular towers, right? So that was probably the biggest hurdle that we had to get over, which uh, we ended up teaming up with Verizon and we teamed up with AT&T and we developed a partnership with them that allowed us to get very affordable data, which accomplished one of our, co one of our cost things, right? It, they're expensive to run. So by doing that, we were able to keep our costs down. Um, as far as the quality, we built the can or we build the cameras to be as expensive as we can get it without making it so expensive that people don't want to buy them. Right. Um, so, you know, if you go to the store, $129, I think is, what the MSRP is, most people sell them for around 120, very affordable, uh, which that again goes along with the strategy of what do we want? We want to be able to run multiple cameras, not feel like we're breaking the bank and have affordable data costs. And it's gotta be good quality. So that's that's been our focus. So when we started building those first cameras, I think they were, they were retailed at like 120 and people were selling them at like $99. Uh, but then now like the last couple of years, as we increase certain things, get better quality, obviously there's inflation things that people don't like. 
I don't like it either. Uh, I think we're sitting at like 130, which is pretty impressive for that like entry level reveal. Yeah, for just a, a cellular trail camera, period, right? Like that's a pretty good price point. Right. And then you even have a fish camera? Yeah. So we, I mean, we've, we've built quite a few different types of cameras, but like the fisheye camera, that was a really fun project. Sold quite a few cameras. Uh, this year we ended up taking the fisheye camera and integrating it into our solo extreme camera, which is our entry level POV camera. And what we've done is we've taken those two technologies that we really liked, built it into one camera so we can get, you know, uh, better pricing. And we've now like, again, you know, pricing, okay, right? so, like so this affordability. Is a when you're talking about this is a fisheye lens. So I, I saw it on your guy's website and I saw that it's mm -hmm. the fisheye, you know, but the eye, I interpreted it as one, to be honest. And so I yeah. was looking at it like, oh, you dunk it? <laughs> so, <laughs> I misinterpreted the product. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's, uh, it's, it's ease of use, uh, that solo extreme, it's a one button push. You push it right. and it records. That's it. Uh, the trail cameras, there's a, a little switch. You turn it from off to set up and it goes through and it's got led lights. It shows you your battery life. It shows you the status. Uh, it shows you the signal strength and it goes through the process for you. You can visually see it right there on the camera. And when it's all ready, you just flip it on, you know, and the cool part, if you forget to flip it on, it, it turns itself on for you. Right. Okay. So it's, it's just, it's taking the, the user error out of it. That's the goal. And I think that's honestly why we've been so successful with the cellular line, the reveal, um, cellular cameras, people like the quality. Um, they take good pictures, they're affordable and they're easy to use. And that's kind of like the, that's the, that's kind of the crux of a good product, right? Is, is ease of use mm -hmm. and, and, you know, does it do what you need it to do well? Um, right. And so your, your products focus primarily on image, right? Like not, not necessarily the, the video side of it. Um, is that, it, or am I wrong? Um, so in the original reveals, uh, it was all image based. Right. Um, right. But, but Tacticam originally was not image based at all. It was all video. Right. Right. So when we got into the cellular trail camera, because we're transferring data over cellular towers, it switched to photos only. Um, now, uh, currently we are, we've been doing video and now we're, we're starting to make this big move into video. Okay. So as so we, we're moving yep, there. as we've, Yep. As we figured out, uh, you know, compressions, um, cellular limitations, battery life, there's a lot of things that affect trail cameras. And as we figured that out, we've now integrated them into our firmware. And the cool thing is people don't even know this yet because it hasn't happened, <laughs> but now they're hearing it on your show, right? Yeah. We're doing firmware for our reveal X's that we sold last year that will let them do video and send video you know, and even our current cameras already have the capabilities. It just gets turned on. Okay. You know, so the difference between just saying, Oh, we can do this and, or we can actually do it and we know how it works and we, we know it works well and you're going to have a good experience. There's a difference there. And I think that's probably one of the differences between a lot of companies and what we're doing as a goal. It's, don't just come out with something to say you can do it. Right. It's like, make sure you know how to do it, make sure it works well and then release it. But if you have the plans to be able to do it, make sure you can go backwards as far as you can realistically and make sure that it works for people that were invested a year ago, for example. That's a, that, I think that's a unique process, unique thought process with any kind of, uh, like a hardware product, right? Like you get a unit mm -hmm. in hand and you kind of get what you get, but you're talking about retroactively updating your units to try to get existing customers a better user experience, right? Correct. 
Yeah. That's phenomenal. I love that. That's such a cool, that's such a cool concept. I mean, it seems like it should be a no brainer, but I mean, you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> People don't. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if that's everybody, every company's, you know, thought process, but those are, I mean, I think those are the things that make us stand out because of the fact that we build these for ourselves. You know, I think the reason, you know, the, the fact that we build these cameras for ourselves uh, makes us, makes us realize like, Hey, the camera that I, that I started using last year, when I start to use it next year and I buy another new camera, like, Oh dang, now this one does video and the other one doesn't. It's like, well, Oh, well, here's an optional firmware update that'll allow your last year's camera to do what this year camera is going to be able to do. Like I, I get excited about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So and the things that we're working on now, uh, you know, we're trying to make sure that we can have them be backwards compatible as far back as we can. And obviously you run into limitations, right? You always will. But the key is, is that we're consciously thinking about it. We're trying to make sure that, uh, the, the customer has a great experience and they have the ability to use these cameras for a long time. Again, I think is a unique thought process. It's kind of the opposite direction of the whole planned obsolescence model, you know, where (laughs) for products to go bad and you just want to move the product. Um, You're actually, you're targeting a good consumer experience, which is, you know, by far the best way to to achieve loyalty, right? Right. Yeah, that, and we put a lot of energy into customer support, Um, you know, knowing that there's a huge amount of people that have never used cellular trail cameras you know, they might be new to it or, uh, let's just be honest. Most of us just turn our phone on. Right. And we just know how to call people. So, uh, just a real quick walk through the activation process. You download an app, uh, download the Tacticam reveal app, uh, create an account, right, right in the app. Um, you hit a little plus button that says scan your, you know, cameras, QR code, There's a QR code on the door. You scan it right with your phone and it walks you through the activation process, you know, right through the app. And then you, it says, okay, everything should be good. Turn your camera to setup. You turn it to setup and it hooks up the service and you hit the test button. It sends a photo right to your phone. And you're like, how the heck did I do that? You know, but that's where these partnerships come in. That's where, you know, like all of our firmware developers, our app developers, our software developers, I talked about at the beginning, you know, having the right people involved. That's, that's where that's important. All of these people are, you know, part of Tacticam. They're all employed by us. We talk to everybody every day, you know, we communicate. Um, It gets to be very, very fun and very, very exciting when you have a great team behind uh, projects like this. So we can be sitting on social media and watch uh, people say, oh man, I would love to be able to do this. Uh, For example, sharing, right? Like sharing cameras. That's one of the things that people, they ask for. I'd love to be able to share a camera. Guess what's coming out in a couple of weeks, maybe like a couple of weeks to a month. We're going to introduce sharing the ability to share cameras through the app. So you could have a buddy, you could share a camera to a buddy and he can then watch your cameras and you can give them access to certain cameras or take them away. If you're like, ah, there's a big buck. I don't want them to see. Right? <laughs> but the, but the, the point is, is, you know, because we have this great team that you're does giving all this the ability stuff. to destroy friendships. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's uh, because we have this team of people and they're super smart. We can take these ideas that people ask for and we can make them reality. So that's pretty cool. I feel like uh, GoPro needs to have a sit down with you. Right. <laughs> For anybody that's used their their software that they kind of integrate with their cameras, it's not nearly that easy. No, and, and actually back in the day, um, you know, when GoPro, well, obviously they've been around for a while. I've used GoPros, quite a few of them, you know, in the past. Uh, that was one of the cameras I was using trying to film deer. And, you know, if anybody knows GoPro, it's super wide angle. And it's just not really as intuitive, mm-hmm. but, uh, that was one of the things that kind of like drove me to building a camera. 
and all this from if i'm hearing you right you started out as a photography major yeah so i went to school for originally art and i got an undergrad in, in art at uw lacrosse in wisconsin and then i didn't know what to do with that so i went to grad school and ended up getting an MFA in photography and videography, like digital media, basically. Yeah. And, uh, got a teaching job. I don't know how, but at a university, like right out of grad school. So I'm super young or I was, uh, taught there for three years, a little over three years. And then just kind of realized like that I wanted to do something a little different and ended up taking a different job. Uh, at a different university doing web design and animation, like computer animation, started learning some programming. Um, by the way, I didn't know how to do that stuff when I got that job. Right. But, you know, I, I, I just studied it. I was like, I need a change. So I did that and had a couple engineer friends and I just honestly fell in love with uh, the idea of building stuff and started building a few different things and, and uh, was sitting in a tree. And like I said, had that deer walk by and my grandpa asked me why I didn't have a camera to film that, you know? And that's what I was like, well, that's what I need to build. You know? I got to say as a fellow art major, I appreciate that entire storyline for all those of you who have heard that, uh, that you can't do anything with an art major, you know? Oh, not- we do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. cool. um, so jumping into, I mean, just for, for land use, I mean the backtrack the the uses of the Tacticam as far as like on a bow, on a shotgun, mm-hmm. on a rifle, um, those kind of speak for themselves, right? You know, you attack yeah. it, you hit the button, you do the thing. Um, but for the trail cams, I wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit. Uh, so, so when somebody is talking about a cellular cam just to you know for anybody that doesn't know it that what you're talking about is the your your cell phone is integrating with the camera right like you yeah you don't have to drive out into the middle of nowhere and open up the camera and pull the card and go throw it into whatever computer you have either on hand or at home to look through your images you're just logging in with your camera and looking through the can the the um the trail cam right correct yeah so Um, if you haven't used like a trail camera, a trail camera, it's SD card based, it's out in the woods. You got to go find it, figure out where it's at. Usually you can find them. Right. Uh, but you go grab it. Then you got to go back, look at it on a computer or some sort of a, a media player just to see what's there. So the cellular camera, uh, what we've, you know, what we're doing is we're having the camera. It has a cellular device, just like your phone does. And it hooks up to a tower that's in that area. And every time it takes a picture, it sends it through that tower uh, to our servers. Our servers then notify you. And then your app that's on your phone hooks up to our servers and shows you the picture. So, I mean, that's as technical, I think, as we need to get. But that's how it works. It's a phenomenal thing. And obviously like for a, for a camera like this to be fully capable, you do have to be in like a, in a, in a cellular area, right? Yeah. So, you know, for example, we do things or we have things uh, that we try to help them work in very low signal areas, but unfortunately if there's no signal, it's not going to work. So, you know, for example, if you're at the bottom of a ravine and it was already poor service, at the top of the ravine, it's most likely not going to get service down there. Um, but we've like a lot of our testing we do, we test in extremely low areas, low service areas. And we do that because let's just be honest, most of us hunt in places like that. Right. So that's, uh, that's one of the things we do. Um, we look at battery life. We look at signal consistency. We start to integrate like, uh, different things to make sure that you get your images. Obviously there's times where certain things can't happen, but signal does not stay consistent. That's one of the important things to know. Um, but with that, as long as we know that we can do things to then make it work more consistent for you. So you have a good experience. 
Yeah. And my assumption here is that it probably works like, you know, like your cell phone does in a low reception area where, um, you know, you can send and receive an image or a file. It just takes longer. I always describe it like a data drip. Like you'll still get some reception. It's just not going to be that immediate feed through. It just might be a little delayed, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. These are very cool devices too. If, if for those of you who have not checked out cellular trail cams, um, the ability to to see what's going on with your cam without having to like take a trek into the woods. And I mean, let, let's face it, unless your goal is to take treks into the woods, um, these are very cool. Uh, so from an overhead perspective, if someone is on this market, obviously, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you're not going to talk about, uh, why people shouldn't buy your product. Right. But what should people look for when they're looking for a trail cam? What's some like, and, and I guess the, the best way to jump into that is, is what do you want to avoid doing or, you know, what do you, what's some things to, to key in on, on, you know, right. Well, the first thing I would say is look for, you know, a box that says tact cam and reveal X. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) I might as well just get that out of the way. I was waiting for that pitch. No, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, You know, people, people do ask, you know, like what makes your camera different than others? And I usually tell them, you know, you're just going to have to try it, you know, try it and see what you think. Um, I work with people. Well, every day, right? One of my focuses, one of the things I do is I, I, uh, I'm always talking to people, I'm meeting people. And right now I'm working with a guy that's running like 19 cameras of someone else's brand, right? So I want to know why do you like that brand better? And I just started, it's only been a week I've been working with him. So I got him set up with a couple cameras and I asked him, I said, would you be willing to try it? And I want you to let me know what it is that you don't like or that you do like that's it and he's like sure i would love to do that so after like day one he's like oh wow like i like this and hey i like this about this other brand but i like this about your guys's he sent me a message yesterday and he's like can i get some more cameras (laughs) you know and i don't know i don't know why i haven't found out yet and i would be more than happy to share that with you but I think what it is, is it's, it just has to do with ease, right? Mm-hmm. Because one of our focuses, how easy does it work? Like set up, uh, like scanning the QR code, you know, controlling the plans, all the images are shared. It's, you know, like if you $5 a month, you get, I think $258 is 500 photos, uh, 12, I think it's 13 for first camera, 12 for the second and third and fourth or whatever. And that's unlimited photos. So, right. but they're all pooled. So they, it's, I mean, can we do the $8 plan, 500 photos per camera? And that's quite a few. And then we have other little things set up. So if you go over, it doesn't stop working. It doesn't charge you crazy. It's just like $5 insurance type plan, right? Like, yeah, here you go. So we try to make it easy and simple and, and affordable. Uh, once you get into the app, you know, we try to make the app very intuitive. We have like, I would call it very like social media like feel. So on the homepage, you're, you're getting like your most current photos newest and your older photos down the screen. So you open your app up and you're like, wow, look at all these pictures and you're looking through them. And it's very natural for you to look through. Right. Um, but yet you can jump over and look at specific cameras, you know, so we just try to make it very, um, I would just call it normal, like what yeah. you expect. So you've got, you've got a main hub that shows you all the images. And then if you're running multiple cameras, like in a mesh, then you can go into individual areas and see what's producing. Right. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, and then, then we, we include other features like in the higher end cameras, for example, I think they're like 150 or 169. We integrate like some GPS stuff in there. So you can start seeing where your cameras are located. People that might be uh, worried about security or theft. Somebody steals your camera and they turn it on at their house. This is actually a really fun story. They go to the person's house with a cop and they get their camera back, you know, like that's happened. It's, um, you know, just fun stuff like that, that it's, 
it increases the cost, but it also, there's also people that want that stuff too. Well, it's a big problem, right? And in, in mm-hmm. especially, you know, there's a lot of people that put up cams sort of in, in public areas, right? Then they're just trying to stake out an area and those things get yeah. pilfered all the time. Right. Yeah. So I think between that, so you got the, the setup, the ease of setup, uh, the consistency, the things that I think people start to catch on are, you know, like battery life. We focus on battery life a lot. So you're not needing to go out to the woods to change batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, usually one of the complaints is I don't go to the woods as much anymore. And I, and I usually say, well, you can still go to the woods. You just don't need to go and change batteries or you don't need to go right. grab an SD card, you know, so you can still go do that stuff. It's just something less that you need to worry about. Um, and then talking, longevity. I was going to, I wanted to ask you real quick before we get kind of jumped ahead. So when you were talking about the plans and, and having like a 500 image capacity and everything, mm-hmm. can you, you can wipe the images remotely too. So you can delete everything off of your app so you can keep everything organized. We keep all of the images on the SD card and we do that just so you can always go grab them if you want. Uh, but we, we have something called like a loop feature, which will, it loops over the old photos. Okay. So, yep. So you just leave them on there and it'll just, as it fills up, it'll just start deleting the old ones and, and replace them with new. Gotcha. I was wondering how that worked. I didn't know like as far as storage mm-hmm. capacity and how, how you could do it. So, okay. So you loop it in, take care of oldest photos first and loop it back over. Um, yep. I was going to say too, if anybody's maxing out their 500 picture capacity, they can easily give me a call so I can help them solve that deer problem for them. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yep, for sure. What, what exactly is, so when someone is looking at setting one of these things up, like obviously to me, like the key is you got to lock it up or find a way to lock it up. Uh, mm-hmm. but when, when you're setting it up, what's, what's some do's and don'ts for setting up one of your trail cams? So I think the, 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 the do's are just follow, follow the basic instructions, right? So you're going to need a 32 gig card. I tell everybody get a 32 gig U3. Um, a good quality SD card is very important because there's so much that's going on with the image storage uh, retrieving, you know, like if you want to get an HD photo or if you want to request a video, that SD card is so important. Plus SD cards fail more often than you think, right? So the better quality SD card, it's going to prevent issues for you, um, that are just outside of the cameras, you know, um, anyway, SD card, that's a problem, right? I've had if that. You have a good SD, yeah, if you have a good SD card, you're usually not going to ever see an issue. Um, picking a, a service like Verizon or AT&T, honestly, they're both going to work extremely well. The difference is maybe one's going to work a little bit better in a certain spot, right? You, you can change them from one or the other. So, and you don't necessarily need to know, but... For example, you don't need to have all of your cameras on Verizon, right? Because yeah, you're, you're buying, you're paying for a pool. So we've already negotiated and bought all of the data for Verizon or AT&T. So you can choose whichever plans you want. So you can, you don't have to choose Verizon or ADT. You can have one camera on Verizon, one camera on AT&T. And they will work off your same plan. And you, and it shows up on your same kind of primary, yep. app, right? Like it, it doesn't change anything as far as your viewing. It just changes the, the overall reception based on the area. Correct. Yep. So that's, that's a, something important to know. And if you don't, if you don't know, and you just want to use all the same, that's totally fine too. Uh, what I've found in personal use is one area of the property that I hunt Verizon works really good because it's on the the west side of the hill, right? But if I go on the other side of the hill, it doesn't work at all. But I can use AT&T and AT&T works really well. So it's just weird how cellular works, right? But yeah. you have to have you have to have a tower. 
I will. I so, run into that all the time, like doing backcountry hunts. You'll you'll be mm-hmm. trying to look something up, and you've got reception, and your buddy has a different. You know, they'll have like AT and T. I've got Verizon, and one of us does, and one of us doesn't. Then you pop the next ridge, and then it switches. Right. Exactly. So that's why we have two different carriers. Um, but it's also something important to to know because one of the questions is, well, I don't I don't get Verizon where I hunt. Well, you don't need to, you should try AT&T, right? Yeah. And, and you can have Verizon on your other cameras, but you, it, the activation process is the same. It does not matter. It's, you know, all coming right through that app. It's just the communication device from your cellular tower to our, to our, uh, you know, servers. Okay. And so let's, let's talk logistics a little bit. What when you're setting these things up, what's the range of the motion activation? Like how far out? So, you know, if you're 50 yards from a trail, you might not get it to trigger, but if you're right up on a trail, you get it to trigger or, or, you know, where do you want to put these things? And is there any, um, is there any hitches in it? Like if you're, if you're facing, you know, areas that get more light, I don't know, I'm making stuff up really right now, but like, is there, Oh any, no, that's yeah. That good kind of good points. Yeah. So you want to avoid facing the camera towards the sun. Right. That's what I was wondering. Uh, yeah. So just like taking pictures, think of the last time you take a picture, I'm thinking the user can picture this, right? The sun's behind someone and you go to take a picture of them and the person's like silhouetted. Mm. Well, the same type of thing happens with trail cameras. It's automatically doing adjustments to expose the photo for you, but it creates a little bit of an issue there. Um, th- that's not the only reason. The other thing is, is the sensor, it's an, you know, that PIR sensor is detecting the waves coming off the sun, which is going to give you false triggers. So you're going to be more likely to be getting photos of, you're like, what is that? Is there a squirrel? And you're like, I don't know what's doing it, but it's most likely the sun uh, coming through the trees or coming across the ground. Um, That can happen sometimes. So I always try to get my cameras facing, you know, like North, I was going to say north just, south. Yeah, north just because or, or straight south, but especially in the fall when that sun gets lower, you know, in this area at least, it starts to sometimes play games, but just little things like that. Um, as far as dis- distances go, you know, they'll do like, we, we tell people 96 feet on the box, on the packaging. That's pretty true. You're going to get triggering even further than that but things start to get so far away where it's just, it's hard to see, you know? So I, I always try to get like 50 feet and in, that's my goal personally. And then uh, other than that, I just try to frame up the, the image. And the way you do that is we have Wi-Fi built into the cameras. So you're standing there on your phone and you're looking at what the camera's showing you as you're setting it up. So you can walk out in front of it. And it kind of helps you visualize what is a deer going to look like or a hog or whatever it is that you're trying to get pictures of. Cause you're physically out in that area where whatever it is you're taking pictures is uh, going to be standing. So you can actually see yourself on the camera and you're like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to aim it down a little bit, go back, adjust the camera and you can go stand in front and like live, basically see it live as you're setting that camera up. So it just automatically integrates with your cell phone to where you can see it on hand. You don't have to try to guess and take a picture and then go look at it. And... Yep. Yep. So, and I mean, other brands, you're, you know, triggering a photo or you're standing out yeah. there and you're waiting for the photo to come in. And here's the thing. Cell phones don't get as good a service as these cellular cameras do. So now you're not getting any photos and then you're stuck there. You're like, dang, I don't know if it's working or not. Right where it kind of goes back to the user, uh, user experience. Well, you turn the camera to set up, you watch all the lights go to green and you get all your, you know, you got your status, your SD card's good. Uh, your battery life's good. The service is good. All right. I'm going to hit the test button and it shows you that it's sending and then it shows sent. Well, now if you don't have service on your phone, it doesn't matter. It gave you a green light. It said this was sent successfully to our servers. It's waiting for you. Next time your phone gets service, it'll be on your app. That's cool. Is 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 it a possible next step to to create like a Bluetooth connection to where it doesn't matter, or is that like not feasible? 
Um, we could do Bluetooth, uh, but that's where our Wi-Fi comes in. Okay. So, no, gotcha. Yep. Yep. So the, the Wi-Fi that allows you to physically see what that camera sees, uh, even though you're not be, you're not able to connect, you know, to the, to our towers or whatever, cause you don't have service on your phone. You can connect to the camera when you're out there in the woods. Gotcha. So I, I think I skipped yeah. ahead of you there a little bit, but yeah, yeah. The, the, the Wi-Fi hookup that totally explains. Uh-huh. So it yep. doesn't matter. Right. So that's how that works. So that's Fantastic. pretty sweet. So, and, and so from my understanding, you started out with the reveal and mm-hmm. that one sort of like you phased that out and moved into the next gens, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the original reveal, um, you know, like we built a lot of those. The, the thing was, is it was the first time we ever built it. And there's a lot of those cameras running, like they did not go away. It's just that we're, we're kind of, we have a little bit of a problem, right? We get so excited and we're like, Oh, this, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. And all this stuff was happening. And it was like, we got to do it. We can't just sit on it. Like we're not going to just not continue to improve things. So that's what we do. We just continue to improve. And that's where it goes back to, even though we want to always make things better and improve, we also want to think about what did we do last year or the year before? What can we improve on those to make everything continue to grow as opposed to just coming out with new products and leaving people behind and say, sorry, you bought that last year. So, so what's sort of on the horizon? What, what, you know, you've, you've got your, you've got your like second gen and I'm, you know, do you consider like the X pro and the 2.0 are those like gen one, gen two, gen three, or are those, are those so closely related that they're kind of part of the same, you know, they, they are very, very closely related. Um, like the original reveal, uh, turned into like reveal X. And the only reason was this, we made just a bunch of changes, improvements, like video stuff, things that we wanted to do for the future. And then we, got into COVID, right? And COVID kind of screwed everybody up a little bit, but that's then where we ran into like chipset problems and things that kept all our competitors off the shelf. So what we did was we very quickly started buying up like chips and or things that nobody could get. When we would find them, we would buy them. And then we started to build more cameras. So we just tried to build them all as similar as possible. But the problem was, is that we had to build two cameras that were so, so much different. That would be like the XB and SK last year that had uh, super high resolution and video qualities, uh, but they were very expensive to build. Right. But we also realized people loved that. They really, really liked it. So we took those two cameras and built them into the pro that's where the X pro comes from. And then the X gen two, that's that just replaced the original X. And the only reason we, it was never going to be a gen two, but because we had made so many improvements with communication with the cellular tower, with battery life, um, just a whole bunch of new features that just it honestly just made that camera so much better, uh, that we just didn't feel like we could call it the X. Like that's where X gen two came from. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you, you've talked about being able to implement video technology and then even do that sort of retroactively, right. With older camera, mm-hmm. what, what other things do you kind of have on the horizon and what are you, I mean, obviously it's all a matter of ideas, but what kind of ideas are you really putting to the board? Yeah, sure. So we are putting a lot of energy into like just the, uh, the app, uh, app features. We're doing a lot of things with mapping and GPS, uh, as we integrate the GPS into the cameras, um, just trying to make everything more organized, right? So as you gain more cameras, let's just say you go from one camera to two cameras to three to 10 or however many you're using, it just starts to become very intuitive as you're looking through photos or needing to get information from cameras or looking for something. So spending a lot of time there, that's kind of our focus right now as we just launched, you know, this new uh, reveal X gen two and the X pro 
So those cameras, we are going to, you know, we're going to keep running them obviously for longer than six months. <laughs> right. But uh, that'll get us into next year. And then next year we're going to continue to, you know, move, move with those. Um, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of really, really fun things that we can do with these cameras that are just going to be like simple firmware updates, you know, or just simple app updates that just come right straight to your phone and you just hit update and it's done. So there's a lot of really fun things that we're doing. Um, the goal is to make them so it's not a pain in the butt to, to do, right? So you can yeah. just do them and enjoy them. So we just, yeah, we just released a, uh, the ability to request live photos for users. And that goes all the way back to the original reveal. So the original reveal all the way up to our current prep camera, you can now just sit there and request a live photo from the camera and it'll take a picture and send it right to you. So, and there's no firmware updates, nothing. All it is is we uh, figured out how to do it, do it consistently and make it work really, you know, just make it work. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so when you brought up, you brought up utilizing mapping and GPS. So you're potentially talking about kind of a map screen to where you can see your grid visually and, and know exactly kind of what's going on with the cameras from an overhead view. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. Yep. So in the current app, you can see it right now, as you add cameras, they show up as like little, little uh, camera icons. Yeah. So like on my app, because I have a lot of test cameras and I'm just probably running more cameras than the normal person would. It, it like, it's kind of fun to look at because it's just like, Whoa, there's a lot of cameras there. <laughs> but, but like when I look at other people's apps and they have like four or five cameras and you kind of like look at the property they're hunting, it's, it's like, Oh wow. Like I've got like two cameras real close to each other. I'm going to go move that camera and get it over into this area where I haven't really spent a lot of time. Or I've got friends that hunt a lot of public ground and you know, they're hunting two or three or four States and they've got cameras sp spread out. Sometimes they're like, dang, I don't remember exactly where that camera was. Well, now it's marked right on their app. So as they're going to find their camera, they can walk right up to it. Right. So, you know, I was at uh, bear camp this, uh, this fall and the guy, the guide goes, could you go grab that camera for me? And I was like, where is it? He's like, I'll send you my login and you can look at the map. I was like, dang, that's cool. Cause that's me experiencing, you know, what a, what a user experience, right? So I logged into his app and I was able to see right where his camera was. I walked right up to it and I'm talking bear woods. I was kind of scary. I'll be honest with you, but it was <laughs> awesome. Like walked right up to it. That's so, phenomenal. Just, and, and it's just a matter of sharing the login. You can look at it on a map and you, I mean, again, you keep on going back to the same thing, which is ease of use, which is mm -hmm. exactly where you should be. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And then, you know, like sharing a login is not very secure. Like there's people listening <laughs> to this right now and they're like, you can't do that. You can't share. That's why we have the sharing feature that we're coming out with in like a couple weeks here. Right. So now he could, I, yep, I he could just go to that camera and share it, type in, he just shares it to my email and I accept. And now I've got access to his photos. I can see where it's located or he could say, I only want you to see photos, you know, whatever it is, but it's just, obviously we don't want to have people sharing usernames and passwords. So now we have the share feature, but Hey, that's just one of those, one of those things, right? Yeah. It's always improving. So one thing I wanted to, I, I, I read it on, on your product outlines and stuff, and I wanted to kind of get it from, from your mouth. Uh, you put some extra emphasis on bee proofing these things, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Ants and everything, right? Yeah. It's uh, you have to have them secure. Uh, that was one of the things we were running. I, I'm not going to say the brand, but you know, it seemed like I was losing more cameras to, to bugs and ants and you name it than anything. And I was like, why there's no reason for it. But again, if, 
if there was an issue or if there's something that's happening, those are all the things that we tried to fix and or improve when we built this product, you know, and I'm not saying that there's not stuff we're still trying to improve because there's always room for improvement. And that's what we do every day. We just are always watching it, looking at it. What can we make better? You know, what can we do to make, I'll, I'll be honest, all we want to do is make the best product ever. And I think that's everybody's goal, right? But that's, that's what we do. So listen to our customers and pay attention to what they want, because obviously we built the cameras to, for ourselves, but we also want to pay attention to what the customer wants as well and make sure we're meeting their needs. Yeah, I, I think this is a phenomenal product, man. Um, I, I know a lot of people that use these and I have never heard anything remotely negative about it. Um, I, I've never used, uh, like I've, so I've used, used for scouting and stuff, my friends trail cams. I've never used one on the bow or on the rifle, um, or on a shotgun or anything, but I've seen the footage of them and it's, and it's also phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. what's your favorite, what's your favorite product that you have? You know, I really, really love these cell cams just because I use them every day. Like I'll be laying in bed and my wife, she's shot a video of me real fun, like funny. Right. Cause she's like, she's like, does, is this what your husband looks like? And I'm sitting there looking like swiping, looking at deer pics. Right. <laughs> you know, and then she sent it to her friends and they're like, LOL. Yeah. My husband's doing that right now too. So, <laughs> but, uh, but like at this time of year, love, like the new 6.0 is so awesome. I've been getting so much feedback from it. Uh, like last night took my son Leo out we were out there, you know, filming deer. Uh, and then it's, we get back and, you know, we're either that or we're sitting in the stand watching the deer that we just watched. And I'm like, no, we can't look at it now. We got, we should be hunting, you know, like, but just the excitement. Right. Um, by the way, we only saw one deer last night, so he wants to go Friday. So tomorrow we're going to go hunting again because he thinks we picked the wrong spot. Mm, so, you got to put your camera in and yeah, now. Yep. Yep. So, so we picked the wrong spot last night. So tomorrow night we're going to go to my dad's spot where my dad hunts. So there you go. we had, to, we had to ask permission, but of course we'll be filming with our 6.0. Yeah. So that way we can, we can show my dad all the deer that we see. So. <laughs> <laughs> I so I just got back from Alaska and we went hunting out there and, and I mostly went for fishing but we decided to 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 try some hunting there while we were at it and That's we were told awesome. by all the, it was great and we just all the locals started telling us that the bucks disappear this time of year and uh our mindset went to well like well maybe you just haven't hiked far enough and uh, it turns out we should have listened to the locals um they do disappear but we had a lot of fun running around up there um but it is indeed that time of season where like you're just locked in Mm -hmm. yeah it is the time of year but it's still fun to be out there and i mean my son's 10 and to see his excitement for it for him to ask to want to go out i'm not gonna tell him like hey you know leo it's probably not the best day to go on and i'm gonna say absolutely let's go where do you want to go you know and then I'll be honest, like to be able to have him filming with a product that you designed and built, you know, that, that is pretty awesome for me. But then, you know, to, uh, to talk to people like I, the, a guy just tried calling, right. He had shot a buck a couple days ago and he sent me the video. He was calling to ask me if I got the video he, and I already saw it. It's awesome. But he's so excited to be able to share that experience. Right. Uh, to share, you know, the fact that he had a buck come in, uh, and he hit one button, it started recording and he, that whole experience is now on forever captured, Yeah, you know, to the point where I'm sure it's on Facebook and everywhere else. And he sent it to me so I could see it. And now he's, he was calling to see what I thought. Well, I'll call him after this and I'm going to tell him it's awesome. Cause I've already seen it, but well, I was going to say, like you, you talking about your story. I mean, one seeing seeing your son out there with a product that you developed, uh, that's got to mm-hmm. be that that's an emotional experience that you can't really like, quantify, right? Um, right. I was going to add to that as well. Uh, when you think about it, it's been sort of a thing since probably like the '70s that people have reported on the declining 
uh, the declining amount of sportsmen and hunters and stuff. And there's been a pickup here and there. Um, but overall, like th- that has been a declining market in, in certain areas, I guess. Um, but something like this, a product like this is definitely something that can inspire, you know, different generations to go out and do the, do that kind of thing. Like the sharing capacity, the technology capacity, and you're kind of enabling, you know, the biggest thing here is mobility, right. With, with the ones that mount onto whatever you're using to hunt, um, as Mm -hmm. well as the trail cams, you're allowing people to sort of like document the experience, no matter where they are. It's, it's a big deal, especially today kind of takes us back to our art roots, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you think about all of the cool things that you see when you're out in the woods or whatever it is you're doing. And you know, like those, those are all the things that, that I love to film. Right. Mm-hmm. But then when that opportunity comes along and you, something amazing happens and you're able to harvest something, well, now you get to brag, not only just verbally, but you can show people how awesome it was. So, and there's maybe those moments that you have to hide that you don't ever want to show anybody, but that happens too, right? Like, I can't believe I missed that. And you're watching back the video and you realize that the buck literally ducked like two feet and you're like, how, I didn't know they could do the splits. And yeah, they did yeah. it right there in front of your eyes. You know, but there's those moments too, but it's always nice to be able to review it, see it and, and then have a better feeling about the fact that you didn't see any blood or you didn't find it in that situation. But I like the stories of where it was epic, right? Like my wife, she shot a really nice 10 pointer on Sunday and she's like, Oh my gosh. She's like, I got it. Where? What? I had no idea. And then she showed me the video before I even got there. She downloaded it right from the thing and texted it to me. And I was like, Oh my gosh. You know? And it was like, I was like, perfect shot, double lung. I said, did you hear it go down? She's like, I'm pretty sure. I was like, it can't be far. It's 30 yards, 30 yards with an arrow, double lunged, you know? And you're having a conversation before you're even there because she sent you the video. Yep. And before I even got there, I was like, well, this is an easy track job. Hopefully cross my fingers. Sure enough, there was blood. Every- I mean, can I say that there was blood everywhere? Yeah, it <laughs> I was- think it's fine. I don't think there's anybody that's going to listen to this that probably doesn't understand, uh, you know, hunting and fishing. And- <laughs> perfect. So, but it was a very clean, perfect shot. And she filmed it all by herself. She was so, so excited, you know, and, uh, and she was able to share it with me instantly. I love that, man. I love the product. I love everything you've got going on. This is very cool. Um, it, you know, I want to respect your time and I, you know, it, it lets you move on with your day, but uh, any, any kind of closing words that, that you want to sort of drop on the audience while they're here? Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, if you are a tech cam customer or, you know, a reveal cell cam user, Number one, thank you so much. Uh, definitely appreciate it. And if you're not, would love to have you try it and, you know, feel free to give us feedback, you know, through social media or call our customer service and tell us what you think, because, uh, that's, uh, that's how we grow. We have, I, what I consider the Tacticam family, everyone here, if you ask what the Tacticam family is, they will all tell you the same thing. It's that's who we are, you know, like, you can be a part of it. I know it sounds a little weird, but that's just, you know, we're all one big family here. So I got to say, it's not very often that you hear the owner of a company express sincere thanks to people that are working with them. So that's, it's it's just a rare quality. I got to point that out. So, um, very cool, man. Uh, much appreciate your time. Uh, and, and, Man, just the, just the storyline of, of building a product. I, I hope that you have that original camera, like in a frame somewhere. Um, I actually do. <laughs> yes. There we go. <laughs> yep. Even better. Um, man, thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for you know having me on the show. So I appreciate it. This concludes episode number 18 for the National Land Realty Podcast, discussing Tacticam with its owner and founder, Ben Stern. You can learn more about land ownership and the buying and selling of land at nationalland.com.
Hey there, listeners. This is Mac Christian again. Uh, you thought you were getting away from me. Uh, no, I just wanted to throw a little bit of a PS on this podcast. Be sure to like, follow, and review us on this podcast. Uh, it really does help people find us, helps people find our information, and helps us provide value to more people. Also, in that time that you should be uh, working and you're listening to podcasts on your headphones, be sure to check out Land Tour 360 at nationalland.com. Like we've said before, it's really amazing technology. You can see some really cool things on there. Everybody have a great one, and thank you again for listening.